Heads up, people, this episode contains curse words. So if you don't like cursing or you got kids, go check out the bleep version that's located right next to this one. Yeah, but I think this is a bubble, man. It's like it's people. It's like every time I look at that map and then I see, you know, Clark County is blue and all this sea of of red. It's just like people feel good about that. But when you live here, it's you're like, we might as well be red. Testing one two one two. This is mine too. I'm originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I came to Athens. I came to Georgia in '95. Went to Morris Brown College in the AU Center, and then came to Athens in '99. I told the bay time I see her, I'ma slut out. I've been kind of in and out of politics in Athens because as, as deep and heavy as the problems are, like the solutions aren't that deep. They try to make it, you know, they try to just add all this red tape and make it way deeper than it needs to be. Like, I mean, we know where the resources need to be. We know mm-hmm. we know what schools are, are in, you know, uh, uh, dire need right now. We know all these things. So it's like, we don't need to meet about who needs to help and we just need to get the resources there. We need to get some real boots on the ground doing some things, you know. So All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Two White Folks, an episode about Hot Corner Part One. I do have to say Hot Corner is probably the coolest name that i can think of for a location it really is um, it's so good yeah and <laughs> it's not clear to me where the name comes from i may be wrong so much of the history of hot corner that we know today comes from mr homer wilson who's the owner of wilson's styling shop which is yeah, this cool yeah, yeah. near barbershop uh, that's off a hole famous yeah right Bar- right next to yeah, yeah. uh to world famous and i mean that's where we get so much information because he and his family have been in that location and so has uh the browns and there's brown's barbershop right next door that i've been going to ever since uh, the 15 16 years i've been here in athens but you know the history of hot corner is being the hub of black life businesses culture really between the 1950s to the 70s do you know how old it is the hot, hot corner i mean hot corner how long has it been around it's like been around pre-civil war no it's been like the turn of the century as, uh, as far as i know 1880 yeah. somewhere yeah um because i want to know if at hot, least the turn of the century i want to know if hot meant what it means today that's what I want to know. Like, like it makes it like hot corners. You know, I want to know. Does it mean like sexy corner? Does it mean like does hot mean like popping? Does it mean like, like I hope it's, so? It's like, you know, like in in nineteen ten, did hot corner mean like the cool place to be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would make sense. I don't want to assume that my uh, millennial definition of hot applied in nineteen ten, but <laughs> it's a pretty cool name. Yeah, but. Before we get into that, though, we got some really great feedback and thoughts for the previous episode, one being a good friend of mine who I've been doing a lot of work with on the mm-hmm. Lennontown project reminded me is, where's Lennontown? 
I kept saying it over and over again in the previous episode. And they were like, you got to say where it is. <laughs> so for our listeners, Town was a black community of over 50 families, about 33 of them owned properties, where the high-rise dorms are at UGA. Where Russell, Creswell, and Brumby. Is that Lumpkin? That's, no, it's off Baxter. Ah, uh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. if okay, got it. you go down South yep. Pope Street and you yep. hit Baxter, you see Russell. Is that Hall. across from like the Dominoes? That's across from the, the Dominoes yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and what and Papa John's? Yeah, and Papa John's. But yeah, so that's where this community was, and it was erased through urban renewal hmm. in the 1960s. And we'll come back to this in a later episode with Rochelle. But uh, this this leads into so I had a friend who listened to the first episode and wanted me to sum up what the episode was about. They, they said just, I wish there was a bit more thesis. And one, I think we want to take this time to talk about that white people do this a lot, where we say, well, get to the point, you know, and, and especially on something as complex and uh, nuanced and important as systemic racism in Athens. It's so pervasive that it can be hard to sum up in a point. But to clarify for this person, I realized we didn't read Montu's post. Mm-hmm. And and I think it would have cleared up a lot. And, and we talked about Montu. If you're not from Athens or you aren't friends with Montu on Facebook, you wouldn't have seen this post. Right, right. And I didn't see this post. Yeah. Uh, I only saw it because you sent it to me. And so I want to take this time now to read that post for audience members. Cool. So, William Montu Miller posted October 28th at 10.09 p.m. I see on my timeline almost daily that Athens is changing. Yeah, for white people, welcome to reality. The Athens bubble is busting. It's been the same for the black community for many years. So when you say Athens is changing, you're just showing how privileged you have been. So just think about the black people that have been here living with low wages, unaffordable housing, weak education for many generations. Welcome to the real world, in Morpheus's voice. Really all I was saying was, you know, for many years, you hear about it all the time, you hear about white businesses closing, and then this, you know, this Caledonia thing happened. And don't get me wrong, like, we've been rocking Caledonia for 10 years, 15 years so we love Caledonia don't get me wrong but it was just like all this outrage that was happening um in the progressive community in the what we like to call indie town which is the west side of Athens that you know everybody was just outraged about oh my god Caledonia's closing what's going on boom 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 And, and my first thoughts was like this has been happening to the black community pretty much since Athens existed you know what I mean like it's we've been pushed out Everywhere, like look at Hot Corner. I mean, Hot Corner used to be nothing but black businesses. It was just a, it was just a, a great, like, just great, fantastic place for black people to thrive and got pushed out, you know. So you just don't hear the 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 outrage that when a black business goes down, you know. So when you when you when you hear like the the Caledonia closing and some of these other businesses that are like, you know, near and dear to our heart. I'll even say our, not even just the white people, like our heart. They, uh, they, it's just like all this outrage, 
but you 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 didn't hear it. You haven't been hearing it to these black businesses or everybody forgets about Hot Corner. You know what I mean? So just one of them things that it it, it struck a nerve because it was I was I was a little torn because I didn't I didn't know if I would come off the wrong way because like I did Caledonia. Like people know like we we've rocked Caledonia forever, but like don't get it wrong. Like let's just not let's not just use Caledonia as this example of oh uh you know uh corporate uh, the east side of downtown is starting to take over the west side of downtown or you know the 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 gays you know from church bar he's they're taking over you know this part like that's that's not what it was it's like this is this is how it's been happening so you know kind of welcome to our world kind of thing you know what i mean yeah yeah and you know what Montu says here, talking about the indie west side of downtown, hmm. makes me think about the way Hot Corner disappeared in ways that, as Montu put it, white folks, white liberals who enjoy the west side of downtown, hmm. seeing a lot of what has been the big music scene, the big hipster scene, art scene. Yeah, we're talking about like the 40 watt, Little Kings. Uh, at, the, at the intersection of Washington Street and Hall. Yeah, but if for people who aren't from Athens, the a name you might recognize yeah. would be like the 40 watt. The 40 club, watt. Which is where like REM did a lot of their yeah. early stuff. What happened to Hot Corner, a lot of ways what folks are seeing now happening to them of just the changing of a landscape by virtue of taxes going up, property values changing, events like a pandemic happening, changing the economic landscape mm. of not being able to keep your business open or like what happened in the Caledonia, you sell to someone right next to you who mm. has more capital or yeah. who has a way. And so Hot Corner as a hub of black business, black culture, right at the peak but for 30 years between the 50s and 70s can we paint a picture for the audience of oh the sure hot corner paint that picture in the in the height you have one of america's best vaudeville theaters yeah. in athens you've got black dentists you've got black pharmacists you've got black banks you've got restaurants like you were talking about yeah. you've got barbershops which still exist you've got attorneys you, You've got attorneys. Access to law and lawyers. You've got this engine churning, textiles, clothing, quilts. You you just got this engine churning that is helping. This this is the, and I I just want to take this moment. It's like I sometimes hear conservative people saying people just need to help themselves. And it's like this is the black community helping itself. Right. You know, they, they tried and the white community actively ate away and, at we we didn't help and then and we, then we did it we was like you are doing something incredible and then I'll flip it around you know you <laughs> you talk about conservatives and say the white liberal yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. as Malcolm X would put it the yeah. white liberal yeah would vehemently disagree with the conservatives like no it's not just about helping themselves but still refuse to change the laws and the policies that enable the uh, disappearance of Hot Corner and the destruction of communities because it's the same laws and policies that they benefit from too. Yeah. I want to start with the Morton. Mr. Morton, Mm -hmm. uh, incredible black businessman in Athens. And and the Morton is such 
an incredible lighthouse or beacon yeah. for what used to be here and and how incredible it was. The the Morton Theater is America's oldest vaudeville theater mm-hmm. that is still in function and it says online that it's the oldest black owned theater, but I it's now owned by the government. So I've always wanted clarification about this because I know the board is not predominantly black. So I am yeah. confused about this statement, but for a long time, it was the oldest black owned theater mm. and an incredible artist came through. Any famous artist you can think of at the beginning of the 20th century, Duke Ellington, Louis Armstrong, Bessie Smith played at the Morton. Mm-hmm. Is just this hub of art and culture and innovation and theater. Uh, really, really incredible place. And I, I heard an interesting story about the Morton. Something that struck me as, as something powerful for the the weight of Hot Corner was that if you were white and you wanted to come to the Morton, you had to sit in the back of the theater. Mm-hmm. That there was the Hot Corner in this image that I have, and, and if it's wrong, uh, I'd love to be corrected, but that it, it was a highly respected black area of oh, culture yeah. and innovation. Yeah. And the white community knew uh, it, during this time of segregation that it held some respect yeah, in and, the community. And and that, and we can talk more about w- one of the effects of segregation is black folks had to create their their own community because the white community wasn't going to help no and we can go further into that the role of churches the role of your own neighborhood and there's other places that are now gone like the samaritan building and Mm. union hall and so they're they're creating an economic structure for themselves and so you're white showing up to the morton sitting in the back (laughs) You haven't helped the black community at all. Yeah. So you have to know that if you're here, you're not getting any respect. Right. And I want to be really clear and careful here to not fetishize or romanticize segregation. But but in my image of this history, it's an incredible moment of pride right. for the black community to kind of say, fuck you. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, which which I, I really loved as a story. That I couldn't show up as a white man in 1940. Right. And just sit in the front row. But what? You know? But the thing that does happen is that even though you might not have been able to show up to the Morton and sit wherever you want, the fact that Hot Corner was still in a white city. Yeah. Yep. W- you see it didn't last yeah and it now hot corner wasn't destroyed but something i think more pernicious happened Mm. and what and this is why what montu said really struck me that you know in the 70s late 70s is when you have the big mall craze beginning yeah moving on into the 80s and and so some of these businesses moving out to the mall where they can make more money or they're closing up shop. I mean, there used to be funeral homes, dentists, lawyers, groceries, yeah, the, clothing Yeah, the bottom retailers. of the Morton was the a, bottom a, of the a pharmacy. Was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. even, you know, I keep going back to Linentown because it's always on my mind and I'm working on it. But yeah. one of the residents of Linentown, her first husband's father used to own a restaurant called Jitty Bugs. But... Either these places were moving to the mall, mm. 
or they were just closing up shop because of property values, taxes. And so what happens? White business owners come in Mm -hmm. because the black community doesn't have the wealth, the sustaining capital and the advantages within a city government or within a business community. And they just can't. They just it's it's not like a business owner can go to someone else in their community and say, hey, my shop is closing. Would love for you to have the business to be able to take it on or it's selling. No. So you have white business owners seeing an opportunity because of the hub that it was for the black community. White folks are thinking, I want that. And it is an example of the white community again. The black community built this incredibly vibrant area of town. My mom talks about it. She used to come in. My mom lived in Linentown, or like not Linentown, like, but, but in the vicinity. Of yeah, it. she lived in a public housing that was near. She lived in Parkview Extension. Yeah, that's right. So, so Parkview so, yeah. was finished in 1959. Yes, that's yeah, when yeah. it opened. Yeah, and so, there were white people who lived there. Yeah, that my mom lived there, and wow. I told her about Linentown, and she was like, "Of course, I know." We, she lived there. I because, need to talk to your mom. Yeah, this is. <laughs> so when my grandfather was is the GI Bill, uh, he went to school on the GI Bill before the Korean War, after Korean War. I don't know the timeline and. They lived in public housing for three years. Just my grandmother, that my mom, sense. and my grandfather. It was, it was, yeah. And Parkview she, Extension. Yeah, and she talks about how vibrant Linentown was. I memory, need to know? talk to your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, she, you know, she was young. Sure. So it's gonna be a bit vague that, memory. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. It What's was that? so funny. It's my mom has these weird connections where I'm on something. She's like, "Of course I know that. I lived there." And I'm like, "What the fuck? You lived there?" You like, know, my mom has these sneaky ways of that's of funny. Deep personal connections to things I discovered. No, I mean just yeah. just introducing her to. I mean, I, I could see her and Hattie Whitehead, who um, mm. lived in Linen Town, just having. I would love to just listen to their conversation. Yeah. Just sit there and listen. It would be, we'll, would be. We'll do this as a special episode. We'll do this as a special yeah. episode. My mom would love to do that. Yeah, I, th- um, I, th- I think Hattie would too. But yeah. so, but here we have this example of the banality of white supremacy, and 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 I I do want to be clear that like Linentown is an example where something nefarious happened M- more than like yeah right you, right you know, yeah. by function of law. law. Something really extremely nefarious happened that's clear to point out. And Hot Corner's destruction, it seems, was more of a a collective white supremacy consciousness. It's just this creep. It's just 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 this little creep. The slow creep of white supremacy. Yeah. And and it's when we talk about outrage. And we talked about with Caledonia, this bar in Athens and the towny white community being so upset and or Ike and Jane's. What happened, I know the conversation that happened in white families in behind closed doors when Hot Corner started to lose businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a there was a collective sigh of relief yeah. and push to to deteriorate Hot Corner in the slow, banal, kind of bureaucratic, boring mechanisms. And so let's t- and so one of those mechanisms to to make it concrete is just property taxes mm-hmm. and and i i want to stop us because 
this is going to be part two. Yeah. <laughs> part two, we're going to get into these mechanisms. Absolutely. And I, I want us to have a full episode where we walk through uh, redlining, loans. Yeah. Just talk through, really show audience members. City budgets. City budgets. Show audience members how white supremacy, which I do want to clarify here, because this is an attack word. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, mean, I, and I want listeners to, when we say white supremacy, to clarify what we mean. We mean... A white supremacy means white priority, prioritizing white. What yeah, is sure. what? Like in this business aspect, the the mechanism. Yeah, of let's white, translate it in terms of the mechanism. Yeah, I think it, that's really helpful. Yeah, the, the, we're prioritizing white in businesses because white people have the control. Yeah, and and we just need to be aware that that is an arm of white supremacy. Yeah, and I, I yeah. and I rephrasing it in terms of prioritization. I think is helpful because we can point to how these mechanisms work in terms of priority and why it's very white. Yeah. And and it's it's white priority with stiff arming the black community's access yeah. to well, and 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 this is the the thing. It's not just well, positive white priority it is white priority and actively stiff arming. What it reminds me of it, it's so right <laughs> Right as the protests were going on across the U.S. in the summer of 2020, there's this meme going around where you had black folks saying, asking conservatives and liberals, can you stop killing us? And conservatives say no, and liberals say no, but with a gay pride flag, BLM uh, abbreviations. We'll have to post the link, but I think some of, our, uh, of where... The white liberal will say no to the same things that a white conservative will say no to, but still say, we love you as, as this <laughs> virtue signaling, you yeah, know, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll wave uh, a gay pride flag. We'll, we'll paint the streets with black lives matter, but we're not going to defund symbolic. the police. We're not going to defund the police. No. We're not going to change our housing policies. We're not going to give you access to good jobs because I own a house that my property value has gone up by 40%. And, and I really you're like that. you're going to scare my kid or you're going to yeah. scare my I family. I don't want to lose money. It, yeah. It's this, it, it is an, an unwillingness to, to uplift your neighbor out of a fear of losing your own wealth in the process. So, yeah, we'll get into this. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. get into that. Clark County is blue and all this sea of, of red is just like, People feel good about that, but when you live here, it's you're like, we might as well be red. William Montu Miller is featured in the interviews of this podcast. He's the ambassador and heart and soul of the Athens hip hop community. We're posting his Venmo uh, in the description below. Please send him money directly so he can keep uh, nourishing and producing this amazing hip hop community in Athens. The music in this episode is also by local hip-hop artist King Blanco. We're going to post his cash out below. Please also send him money directly if you enjoyed this episode so he can continue to build incredible music in this town. If you want to communicate with us directly, you can email us at twowhitefolks, that's T-O whitefolks, folks is plural, at gmail.com, or visit our website for more resources or our contacts at twowhitefolks.com, spelled the same way. Look forward to seeing y'all next week on Thursday.